mission. You're going to see next week the fruit of some very serious labor that's been going on. We'll talk about it a little bit more next week. That's what Pastor was referring to about the scaffolding. If you saw this place on Friday, <laughs> you would not believe it. It's been an amazing uh, labor of love, I'd say, from people who have really given their time, their talents, their energy to this project. It doesn't seem like it's there. We're going to show you some pictures next week so you can get even a, more of a fuller picture than what you're seeing just some of the leftovers in the scaffolding. We'll be announcing and launching and showing you some of the things we've been doing next week. But I want to recognize very quickly some people who have been just tireless in, in the work this week. And uh, I just want you to give them, just wait till the end and give them a round of applause, if you will, first. And you can stand if you guys would like. Phil Smith, would you stand, please? Tom Knapp, would you stand, please? Brother Reginald Welch, would you stand, please? And is Patrick in here? Patrick? Not, Patrick, would you stand, please? And then where's Ralph? I know he was here in the praise team. He's not only doing this, he's here. So he's not out here right now, but Ralph has worked tirelessly. I think I see him coming around right now. Can we give these guys a round of applause for work? And I'm telling you, man, it was hard physical labor. Dedicated servants of God. I thank you and I love you. Thank you. God bless you. And it's just exciting the things that are happening. I'm, man. So, Father's Day. It's Father's Day today. Isn't that great? Recognize fathers. So, as I was preparing for this message, as I do many times, I look at certain keywords and I'll look them up in the dictionary, look at their meanings, look at the different ways they can be used, and just to try to dwell on that and, and help me as I prepare. And of course, for this, I look at the word father. And as I was looking this up, it was funny because I came across something that said, uh, that was, when I was looking at the word, that there's a, uh, the word, and I actually looked this up to make sure it was right. The word that precedes father in the dictionary, anybody know what that is? Fathead. The immediate word before father is fathead. The next word, I think it's one or two words after father in the dictionary, is fatigue. Any of you dads can relate to that? So for all of you fathead, fatigued fathers here today, happy Father's Day. To all of us, I'm one of them. My wife's over there saying, yeah, yeah, that fathead part, I bear witness with that. <laughs> one time a little boy was asked, to, uh, he was saying, Father's Day, do you know what Father's Day is? And he said, yeah, it's just like Mother's Day, just the presents aren't as expensive. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> oh, man. You know, um, as dads, sometimes we make the mistake of thinking that the language we speak to our children, I was experiencing that this morning, <laughs> the language we speak to our children is the language that they're understanding. And even though it's the English language, it's, it, it, it's a little bit different. Um, it's sort of like in, in the English language, depending on what part of the country you're in, you might have different uh, takes on things. For instance, I used to live in North Carolina when I was a young boy. And when I was a young boy, um, there, I remember it was about my son's age now, Jackson, maybe a little bit younger than he was. And my father was out talking to a man, I believe from our church, and they had this box that they were going to put away. I want to ask you guys a question just to so make sure I'm on, uh, not off base here. If somebody, if I came to you and I was asking you this question, okay, there's a box, I want you
want you to put it in that storage compartment on the back of your car that you open with a key and the lid pops up. What is that? A trunk, right? Put it in the trunk, the trunk of the car. Well, that's not what they called it. In, I don't say it everywhere in North Carolina. That's not what they called it in eastern North Carolina back when I was a young boy. You know what they called it? The boot. Oh, I'll just put that in the boot. Oh, yeah, no, I, I can put that in the boot. And I was like, I was a little boy trying to figure all that out. And I'm like, the boot? What? That's a shoe. How are you going to fit all that in a boot? <laughs> I was literally trying to figure that out. So in one part of the country, the trunk is the boot. That's why sometimes what we say and what we do, and especially with children, I think many times, you might be speaking something that you think is being heard the same way, but there, you, you may be either speaking a different language or at least maybe a different dialect. For instance, I'll give you some examples here. So if a child says, I cannot finish my hamburger, the meaning would be, I'm full, I've had enough to eat. If a child says, I cannot finish my vegetables, the meaning is, I've just eaten enough of them to make you think that I've eaten them, and just so I can still be eligible for dessert. Now, I will tell you this. If a child says, I can't finish my dessert, call 911, get the paramedics in, we got a problem. Am I right? So if they say that, there is no other meaning to that. There's an issue. Or here's one. I like this one. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. Translation, you don't have any concrete, absolute evidence that can prove I didn't do it. <laughs> or here's another one I like too. I hear this all the time. Mom said it was okay. Translation, if I can get you to say yes, then I'm going to go to mom and get her to agree to it. <laughs> and then the last one is, and I hear this about once a week, I think, if not more. Dad, can I have a dog? And then you hear this right after. I'll take care of it. I'll take care of it. You'll walk it. You'll feed it. You'll take it to the vet. You'll pay for it. You'll, yeah, you'll take care of it. How many have heard of that, right? I've heard it many times. I've had older children. heard it from them. And quite honestly, I don't think any time it ever came true that <laughs> they took care of it. But now, my son is very uh, ingenious in a way, not to be boastful about that, I, I'm just saying he's, 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 he's got a, uh, he, he has a, a gift of argument. <laughs> we say he might need to be a lawyer or something. He can, and, and, and they're good arguments, they're reasoned arguments, they're, they're well thought out. So he might say something like, Dad, can I have a boa constrictor snake? be like a big old snake like that. That's what I want. And you'd be like, well, no, 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 you can't have that. But then you might say, well, but you know, he can't have the snake, but maybe he can have the dog. And he's over there like, uh-huh. See, so when you're talking to kids and when they're talking to you, it, it, it's not always exactly what it seems. Now, I think parents and grandparents can testify that, that that happens a lot. And that's one of the reasons, not the only reason, I think, by any means, but one of the reasons that it's difficult to raise children today is that, is that, is that being able to communicate effectively with them. And uh, I want to speak to men today particularly, so, so mothers and, 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 and uh, the females here, don't, don't feel left out, but do, but do listen. But I am speaking today particularly to the, to the men, to the fathers, to the grandfathers. 
This can probably come down just a shade, William. Just, I think, just a little bit. Thank you. Um, so I want to speak to them today, particularly because it is Father's Day. And I want to address some things that I hope and feel and believe that we can be better parents and grandparents. And there's some wonderful wisdom found in the Word of God, as there is in all parts of the Word of God. But, but particularly as it relates to this, and I want to tell you, I've used this verse before. I've talked about it many times. It is a verse that I can testify to. It is a promise that is fulfilled in my life and in my family's life. It proves that it's true that I'm standing here before you today. And that is Proverbs 22.6, and it says this. Train up a child in the way he should go, even when he is old, he will not depart from it. How many have heard that verse before? Wonderful, wonderful thing. Claim it every day. Pray for your children every day. You know, but you know, there's times, even though we do, we love our children, we love our grandchildren, wherever, whatever it may be, we love them, but they go a different way in their lives. They, they go down a road that we don't particularly approve of or that we don't maybe even understand. But, but they do that. And, and not in every case, but in many cases they do. And I want to just say to you today that this is something that I feel like is so important for families today. I think it's important for my family. And that is that if we construct carefully, we construct a, a spiritual foundation in our homes, and in our families. Carefully doing that, in accordance with the Word of God, you will see your children return to you, to, your, to, to the things of God. Now, it, it's, it's important that that first part, that, that, you, that you heard that. And I'll tell you why I, I think that that is true, and in fact, why I believe that I know that it is true. It's, it's scriptural. And, uh, but again, that careful construction of strong spiritual foundations in your home. But there's another verse here, Isaiah 55:11. I want to look at here. And it says this, because so will my word by which goes out of my mouth, God is saying through the prophet Isaiah, it will not return to me void. Or in the Amplified Version it says, useless or without result. Here's the powerful thing. Many of people have said that. God's word will not return void. We know that. Look at that next part. Without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it, God is saying. Look at that again for a second. Just look at that for a minute. It's not going to return void, and it's going to accomplish my purposes. That's why you can count on, if you you are... Creating and developing a strong spiritual foundation in your home. So I, I believe that's something I wanted to make sure that, that was communicated today. But look, as parents, I know I, I've been there and done that. I think there's, as parents, do we know, Proverbs 22 says, says to train them up in the way they should go. Do we know the way they should go? Many of us in here do. Uh, many of us in here may not. Many of us in here may be learning. And hopefully all of us would be doing that. Learning how to better find training our children, our grandchildren, those that maybe we are a father figure in the life of a, of a child that doesn't have a father figure, any of the above there, that we would be, that we would be learning and know and, and, and finding out how to train up that child in the way that they should go. Do we know how they should go? And if we know, if we know how they should go, do we live it? 
do we live it? And in fact, I know many people. I'm not saying there are any of them here. I'm just saying I've I've met many people. I know people in my life. And in fact, I've been one of them in my life. And it's this next thing here I want to show you. Many of us know the way, but don't go the way. You may know the way, but you don't go the way. And there's another way that I would put this, and and, and, and I'll, I'll talk about that in a second. It, to know the way is not enough. Going the way is what's more important. Because if not, our children get the mixed messages. You know what that is, right? I mean, we got one thing at church we're talking about. We talk about these things. And then on the other side, we do something over here, and it's conflicting to them. They don't, they don't see it. They hear you say it, but they don't see you live it. And when that happens, there's conflicting messages. And what that can do is that can alienate your, your family, your children, from, from you. And you can, alienate, you can alienate them from God. So it's important that we're on the same page of the knowing the way and going the way. And I would even say it's that do as I say, not as I do syndrome. Do as I say, not as I do. Well, I'm going to tell you, I'm here to declare something clearly to you today. Go to this next one. This is what it is right here. Children will do what you do more than they will ever do what you say. Hello? Children will do what you do more than they will ever, ever do. I'm not saying they won't do what you say, but they will do what you do more than they will ever do what you say. So as men, as dads, we have to live godly lives. I'm talking to you today now. We've got to live godly lives. We must model spiritual disciplines. That doesn't mean say it, it means model it. That's what a role model is. You're modeling behavior. We've got to model those spiritual disciplines. Prayer, taking your family to church, reading the Word of God, having devotion. We can all do more in that area. I know that I can. But it is important that we live godly lives and we model those things to our children. That we do what we say more than we say. And as men and as family leaders, we should always grow in our faith and respond to the calling. And I believe we are called as men and as fathers to be the leader of the spiritual leader of our household. Now let me make this clear. Mothers play an enormous and even what I would say equal role. And in some cases, mothers are the spiritual leader at home because maybe there's a father that doesn't, that hasn't accepted the Lord. There's a lot of different circumstances. So I don't want to be unclear about this, but I, I want to just say if you're a dad and if you're here today or if you're hearing this or if somebody's talking to you about it, what I am saying is if you're a dad, you have a responsibility and a calling and a scriptural obligation to be the leader in your household in spiritual matters. Amen? That's true. And you need to step into that responsibility. You need to accept that. And so, and as Christ followers in general, I mean, if we're going to follow Christ, we need to give of ourselves and share the love that Jesus has put in our lives, that love of God. We need to share that amongst our family, our neighbors, our community. We need to do that. We 
need to live moral lives based on the instructions contained in God's Word. It's not something that we have to wonder about. Well, what is that exactly? You want to know? Well, let me know. I'll sit down with anyone. Most of you do. I'm not saying that to become sending. I'm saying I would be happy to. It's not real complicated stuff. It's right here. Paul writes a lot about it. It's in the epistles and all over the New Testament, a lot in the Old Testament too. But, I mean, there's, there's, there's guidelines that, 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 that God has given us as to how to live. There's instructions to live those moral lives. And if we do these things, dads, listen, if we do this as dads and husbands and men, we will see a rekindling of our own spiritual life. We will see a rekindling there, and we will see a rekindling in the lives of our families. I absolutely believe that. And it works. And let me tell you why. I'll give you an example or something that I'm, just a, as an illustration as to why I believe this works or how this works. So if you look at it, I think we've got a slide with a couple. There's hands on there now, but there's a couple of hands here. So if I've got two hands, and I'm holding them up here, this is the, the example I want to give you. It's all contained in our hands how to do this. One hand, though, the most important, most significant, absolutely essential, is that one of these is the hand of God. The hand of God needs to be in your household. It needs to be in your family. It needs to be at your dinner table. It needs to be when you tuck your children in to sleep at night. It needs to be in the morning when you're getting them ready for school. The hand of God needs to be in our families. The other hand, though, that's required to do this is our hand. We've got to have a part in this. We've got to do it. It can't be done without us, dads, parents, granddads, uncles, significant people in the life of children, putting yourself in the father role. Hand of God in our hands. Now watch this. If I put my hands together like this, they're not quite. I'm going to ask you to help me, Dave. Just pull my, as I'm standing here like this, just pull my arm. Pull one of my arms there. Just pull it. See how that comes apart like that? Just do that again. Now don't pull my arm out of my socket, man. I don't want to be, <laughs> i got this football coach here. i got to be careful, right? Just pull it aside there, right? So it comes apart. But watch this. Everybody do this. Everybody in here to take your hands and do, them like, do it like this. Pour a little cup in your hand. Turn them inverted like this and, and then link them together like this. Okay. Link them together like this. Now, Dave, pull my arm. And just and be careful now, man. You know what I mean? Look at that. Look at that. See, when we link our hand to the hand of God, at that point in time, things start to change. We can depend on his hand in our families. We can depend on his hand in the lives of our children. We can depend on him to help us with the training and the spiritual instruction that we are required, really, to do as fathers. But boy, if you try to do that with just your hand, good luck. I'm not saying that I'm not saying that you'll be a failure. I know some children have been raised. Look. When I'm talking, I'm talking to you today as believers. And if you're not or you're uncertain, then we can settle that today. But as believers, this is the way we've got to do it. We've got to link our hand with the hand of God in our families and hold on. And nothing can pull that apart. The enemy can't do that. That's the way they should go. When we do that, 
starts to take place in our family. Forgiveness starts to occur. Life change starts to occur in our lives and in their lives. Restoration. Dads, I'm going to tell you something. If we as dads, husbands, men, if we lead godly lives, the likelihood and the percentages go way up that your children are going to lead godly lives. If you do it, if you live it, if you walk it. So we can't just teach it. We need to teach it. It's important that we teach it. It's really required and incumbent upon us to teach it. But we must model it. Now, when we teach and model things like that, you need to be careful of what we say <laughs> as dads and as men. And I'll tell you why. Now, remember what I was talking about children before? Now, ladies, I'm going to ask you this question. Have you ever heard a man say something that means something else? I'm going to ask you again. Have you ever heard a man say something that means something else? Got to be careful what we say, guys. I'm going to tell you a couple of examples here. <laughs> we don't always say what we mean. If a man says to you it would take too long to explain, the translation is, I have no idea what the answer is. My wife's just about stood up and said, hey, man, man, man. She's heard that one before. Well, I'd heard it this week. <laughs> oh, no. Here's a good one. Take a break, honey. You're working too hard. Translation, I can't hear the game over the vacuum cleaner. Got to be careful what we say. Well, here's one. That's not what I meant. That's not what I meant. Translation is, if I said something that could be perceived to be one meaning or another, the one that made you sad or hurt you, it was the other one. <laughs> now, now, women, you know this is true. This is one for the ages here, you know. If a man says to you, now, I'm telling you, if I'm right, women, you got to applaud. Now, I'm not right now, but I mean, you got you to gotta tell me if I'm right. If a man says to you, I don't need a map, he's lost. If a man says to you, I don't need directions, he has no idea where he is or where he's going. That's true. I'm speaking the truth, ladies, right? I'm willing to say it. I've done it, man. So, you know, but look, when we, when we do these things and we're sharing these things we concerning our children and our parents, Paul gave us, men, dads, he gave us some very good words amongst many things. And, you know, Paul, as, as is all of the scriptures, you know, we believe that the Bible is inerrant, right? Infallible. It's, it's relevant today as it was 2,000 years ago. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever, just like God, just like Jesus is. I mean, God is immutable. He is not changing with time or space or anything. So is his work. And when Paul got this, it was, the, it was the divine inspiration of the Holy Spirit speaking to him. The words I'm about to say to you are the words that God was himself speaking to you today. Not just in the first century. In 2018, these words are being spoken to us as guidelines, as instructions. Here's what it is. Ephesians 6, 1 through 3. This is the New Living Translation. Children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord. For this is the right thing to do. 
want you to say that with me. Right thing to do. You teach your children this, not because you say, obey me, obey me, obey me. Obey me because of this. Let me explain to you why. Let me talk to you about Jesus. Let me live it in front of you. Let me model that behavior. Let me put model spiritual disciplines to you. And what you're going to see is you're going to teach them this, and then it's just going to be, here's why. Because it's the right thing to do. Honor your father and mother. Why? Because it's the right thing to do. Here it is, son. Here it is, daughter, right here in the Bible. It's the first commandment with a promise. If you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you, and you will have a long life on the earth. Now, I don't know about you, but I think that I do. For all of you who have children or grandchildren or significant children that you may fall in that role in their life, you want them to have things go well for them, don't you? You want them to live a long life here on earth, don't you? I know I certainly do in every way. So if you honor your father and mother, and for us the challenge is if we teach and live, and that means, Dad, you've got to honor the mother, right? Mothers, you've got to honor the dad, right? Okay, we're going to model this behavior We're going to model this behavior, and then we're going to teach our children. Paul then writes in verse 4, this this is for fathers now. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Now, I want to make sure you understand this. Your children will get angry with you. (laughs) And they'll get angry with you probably the more that you're trying to raise them the right way than if you ever did if you were not trying to raise them the right way, right? They'll get angry with you. Okay, they'll get put off with you. They'll be upset. That's going to happen. That's not what he's talking about here. Do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Treat them like you would expect Jesus would treat them. Yes, you're going to discipline them. Yes, you're going to correct them. Yes, you're going to teach them and instruct them. But you're going to love them over that more, and you're not going to provoke them by the way you treat them. Rather... Bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. So instead of provoking me, sit down and bring them up in these things of God. Okay. Now, there's another translation. We don't have a slide for it. It says this. Do not exasperate your children. Do not break your promises to them. Do not neglect them or mindlessly indulge their every whim so that they lose all respect for you. That's another translation of that verse. Instead, it says, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. That part's the same. Bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Somebody once said that a boy will love his mother, but will follow his dad. A boy will love his mother, but will follow his father. Rob, you can come. God loves his children. Do you believe that? God loves his children. And we sang about that today, and I love that part of that song, Good, Good Father, when it says, and you've called me deeper still, and you're calling me deeper still, and you call me deeper still into what? Into love, into love, into love. That's what it says. You're calling me deeper still into love. God is a God of love. That is his nature. That is his character. I have said many times here recently in, in some sermons that I've, uh, where, I've, uh, where I've shared this thought, 
God's love is pursuing us 24-7, 365 days a year. There's never a time that the faucet of his love is turned off. There are times when we reject it. There are times we may not accept it fully, let it completely work in our lives. But God's love is always pursuing us. It's always available to us. God is love. pastor said that earlier today. God is love. It's his nature. It's his character. It's who he is. Now, how many know that we are created in the image of God? Doesn't the scripture say this? We're created in his image. Well, if that's the case, then we are created to love and to be loved. We are created in the image of God who is love. We are to be loved and to love. That's part of the way he made us and designed us to be. So look, as fathers, we should always be thinking about that to those little children, that we're portraying the love of God, that overarching, all-encompassing, incredible, hard to understand sometimes, but that love, no matter the circumstances, the love of God. And here's another thing I want to tell you. This is a, If you haven't heard anything else today, very quickly, I want you to listen and hear this. We say, when we, when we talk about loving, now I'm going to talk just about children as dads in this role, being in Father's Day today, but this applies to so many things. But I want to tell you this, it is, and this is something God has put in my heart, I'm telling you right now, there are people in this room, I know it because the Holy Spirit is speaking to me, and He is stronger right now than it has been this whole week. And this has been something on my heart, it has been something He has put in my heart, this is a word from the Lord, you can count on it, you can mark it down today. You need to speak the words. I love you. You speak, not just say, oh, I love them. They know I love them. I provide for them. I put a roof over their head. I do all these things for them. I take them to things. I buy them things and all this. Yes, that's fine. Nothing wrong with any of that. Speak the words. I don't know who it's for, but it's for, and I believe it's for more than one. I'm not, it's not judgmental. This is an encouragement. I'm going to tell you why. Because I faced this challenge in my life. I did. I know that I loved. But I didn't. And I didn't know that. But I never said it. But I didn't say it enough. And I didn't speak the words. I, I, had, I don't even know what it was. I never had an analysis to figure it out. It doesn't matter. I just had an uncomfortable thing to get those words out of my mouth. I love you. Even the people I love, my children. I said it. I didn't say it as much as I needed to. And here's what happened. God challenged me. And and, and I wound up doing this. I I, I stood in front of a mirror. This is quite many years ago. I I stood in front of a mirror. You ever said, you know, you need to look in the mirror? Well, that's what I was doing. And I literally looked in the mirror and I said over and over, I don't know how many dozens of times, or really hundreds of times, over time, where I said, I love you. I love you. Now, by the way, just so you know, I wasn't looking at the mirror and seeing me and going, oh, I love you, I love you, oh, yeah, oh, Billy, just, I love you. <laughs> that's, not, that's not what I was doing. I just happened to be looking in the mirror. That was my way of doing it. You could sit in your car in a parking lot for a few minutes. You could sit in a quiet place in your home. But just speak the words. I love you, say it. I love you, say it. I love you, say it. And here's what it is. It's easier to say it in a corporate environment than it is to say it one-on-one. 
virtue, and I'm telling you, God will release things in your life that you'll love differently, you'll love more like Him, you'll feel His love greater when you speak the words. I know this is for somebody here today, it doesn't matter who it is or whoever it is, don't leave here today, or don't leave and don't change that part of your life. Speak the words, I love you. I love you. And don't be shy, don't be ashamed, because God is love. He made us in His image. That's His nature. That's His character. That's who He is. He made us to love and be loved. Say, I love you. Speak the words. It's my encouragement to you today. And please, for whoever it is that something is speaking into your heart right now, that that's me, that's me, that's me, that has nothing to to have anything to do with because I'm saying it. The Spirit of God wants to release power of how you will love and be loved in your life. If you do what I'm asking you to do there, because I believe God has spoken to me about that, and I believe it is specifically for people in this house today. God loves his children, and the other thing is, he's an encourager. We need, as dads and as everybody, as believers, but we need to be as dads, we need to be a light in a dark world of encouragement, not discouragement. Speak the words, I love you. And speak the words of encouragement. I could give you verse after verse after verse. I wrote some down. I don't have time. About God's nature as an encourager. He speaks words through His word of encouragement. And I ask you to do that too. Be an encouragement. And as we've got, I know our baptism candidates are either coming or they're, or they're here. We want to get them ready as we close. I've got one last thing. As we get those folks ready, we're going to move right into baptism.